welcome to the Elevate Life podcast channel. We hope this sermon encourages and inspires you so you can go and grow to your next level. For more information about our church, please visit our website, elevate.life. Enjoy the message. Hey, Elevate Life Church. I'm so excited about this good news series. We're going to get right into it. Stand with me if you are. Thank you for joining us, those of you that may not be a part of our community um, as as a family of choice person. But we sure invite you to be a part, so we're so glad that you're watching. I want to, before I do the declarations, make sure you hit share. Come on, everybody. I hope you're having a watch party. And if you're not, have a watch party next week until we come back together and meet in God's house. But right now, again, I'd invite you to stand unless you're driving. Please keep driving, but you can still make the declarations with us. Put your hand over your heart say it with me. I declare that I'm created in the image of God. I am blessed to be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and take dominion. I declare that 2020 is my year of transformation. Things are not just going to change for the better, but 2020, come on y'all, will be my best year ever. I declare that 2020 is double-double for me, double blessing, double anointing, a double portion of good things in every area of my life. I declare that according to Psalm 65 verse 11, that God is crowning my year with goodness and my path will drip with abundance. I declare that as I am taught the word of God and apply it, right now put your hand on your head, say this with me, God help me apply your word to my life so that your word will work in and through my life. Come on y'all. I declare that as I'm taught the word of God and applied, that I am wonderfully well and blessed and highly favored of the Lord. And everybody said, come on, amen and amen. Well, you know, we started this good news series off talking about the promises of God. And that's what I've stayed on. You know why? Because there's 7,487. They're flashing it right now. 7,487 promises of God that are just for you. And last week we talked about how to get your promises from God. How to get the promises of God for your life and for your family. The Bible says in Deuteronomy 29, 29 that the secret things, which that's the promises of God belong to God, but when they're revealed, they belong to us and our children forever. Man, I love that. Thank you, God. But one of the foundational scriptures for this, and it was a worship song that we sang today, our worship team sang, Faithful You Are, is is found in 2 Corinthians, the first chapter and the 20th verse. You need to mark this one in your Bible. 2 Corinthians 1, verse 20, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen ascends to God for his glory. Come on, y'all. Message Bible says that Jesus Christ was the stamp that our promises that he has for us will come to pass and ascend to heaven for the glory of God. Thank you, God. I speak that his promises are yes and amen for you. Can you say yes and amen? And again, I want to encourage you to say amen. I want to encourage you to invite somebody. I want to encourage you to share. Go, 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 go. Let's like. We want to hear your comments. Something resonates with you. Write it there. We have a live team right now and uh, because we is live, y'all. And so last week was part one of this message 
how to get the promises of God. This week is part two, and I just want to just start by reading the foundation of Scripture, 2 Peter 1, 2, uh, verse 11. It's in the Living Translation, and here's what it says. May God give you more and more grace, double. Grace and peace, double. More and more, double. Grace and peace as you grow in your knowledge of God and in Christ Jesus our Lord. By his divine power, by God's divine power, he's given us everything that we need for living a godly life. That's a good place for an amen or a yes and amen. But we've received all of this by coming to know him. If you don't know God, if you're watching right now and you don't know God, listen, the promises are waiting for you. But, but some of the promises of God are conditional. Some of them are unconditional, like his love for you. But his forgiveness is conditional. It's you asking God to forgive you of your sins. His, his will for your life is conditional with you obeying what his word says. So it's so important. God loves you. God created you. God has a plan for your life. But we receive all this by coming to know him, the one who's called himself by means of his marvelous glory and excellence. And because of his glory and excellence, and I want to stop right here, he has given us great and precious promises. I love that. Great and precious promises. So how do you get the promises of God? They're flashing it now, 7,487. How do you get those promises of God? I want to use uh, get as an acrostic. Last week we talked about you've got to grow in the knowledge of God's promises for you. And that's my goal is to teach you uh, as much as I can in the time that I have about the promises of God. The promises of God are his love for you. The promises of God are his forgiveness for you. The promises of God is his mercy endures forever. The promises of God is that he will supply you with, with, with all that you need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. But my God shall supply all of my needs according to his riches and glory. That's a promise. A promise of God is that he has good treasure according to Genesis 28 in heaven that has your name on it. And he wants to bring your heaven, what he has for you in heaven on earth. Very powerful. The promises of God is that you are blessed in Genesis 1:28 to be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion. The promises of God are if any two of you shall agree as touching anything on earth, my Father in heaven will do it. The promises of God are you can do all things that you decide to do through God who will be your strength. The promises of God is that as you sow, you are going to reap. The promise of God is if you sow a little bit, you reap a little bit. If you sow bountifully, you reap bountifully. The promises of God is that he will give seed to the sower. Doesn't give seed to you because you work hard. That's your seed that you earn for yourself. He doesn't give seed uh, to you because you're a believer. He doesn't give seed to you because you're a good person. The promise is he gives seed to the sower. You got to be a sower. So God's heart for us is that we've got to be his servants. We've got to be his stewards and we've got to be sowers. Everybody say it with me. Sowers are, are servants, 
stewards, and sowers. That's God's plan for our life, that in serving Jesus Christ, that we become stewards of the mysteries of the kingdom, according to 1 Corinthians, the fourth chapter and the first and the second verse, that we be found faithful, and then that we become sowers, that we, that we, that we sow generously. And that's really what our church is about. We call it our path of discipleship, but you gotta know God, you gotta grow closer, You've got to, somebody help me. Are y'all helping me? What's the third thing? Go serve. Thank you, Ryan. He's behind the camera. I'm testing all the people in our church right now, which is about five people. You got to go serve and you got to sow generously. You got to, so that's our path. All right, so you got to know God and you've got to grow in the knowledge of God's promises for you. You've got you've to grow closer. You've got to get involved in, in, in home groups right now. You've got to get involved, men. Come on, with the men of this church. Be a mighty man. They gather on Zoom calls every Saturday morning. Find out. Call the church. Talk to Pastor Josh. Ask for Pastor Josh Kraft. Talk to Scott Uncleback. Talk to Garrett Uncleback. In other words, you've got you to grow closer. Let's use this time to grow closer while we're alone together. All right? And then... We've got to go serve, get, get plugged in and serving people. We're feeding people every two weeks in our church to the tune of about twenty dollars to $30,000 of food. And so, again, go serve. You can be a part of helping putting those bags together. Go serve other people in your community. Serve uh, your company that you're working for right now. Serve above and beyond your pay grade and then so generously. So those are the four things. Those are the path. They're putting them on our screen right now. That's the path of discipleship, but I also believe it's the path for transformation because as you grow, how do you get the promises of God? You grow in the knowledge of God's promises for you. And we talked about that last week and we talked about how David, even before he knew about the promises of God in 2 Samuel, the second chapter, God had given him rest. God had promised him rest. So we focused on rest last week that when you grow in your knowledge of the promises of God, and there are so many of them, and you yes and amen them, not just with your mouth, but by the way you live your life. I'm a yes man. I am a yes man and I'm an amen man. Whatever God says, I say yes. Come on, say yes and I say amen. Come on, yes and amen to the promises of God. And our life proves that, not just our mouth, but the way we live our life, it proves that. And so God promised David and it's a promise to us. Just like he promised Abraham in Genesis 12. He promises David in 2 Samuel 7, because you wanted to build me a house and I didn't even ask you to build me a house, I'm gonna take care of your house forever. And what God is trying to tell us is, is when you make important to you what's important to him, he makes what's important to you important to him. Let me say that again. When you make what's important to God important to you, he makes important to you, to him, what's important to you. You see, so many times, watch this, this is a lot of people's relationship with God. They're making important to God what's important to them. Listen to that very carefully. Grow in your knowledge of God's promises. Well, how can I grow in God's, God's, the knowledge of God's promises? I've gotta to decide to grow in my ability, not just to try to get God into my, God help me, God like a, he's a genie in the bottle, but I've got to grow in my knowledge and say, okay, God, 
I'm going to make important to you, important to me, not just trying to get you to like notice me, not try to get you to make my dreams come true, not try to get you to make my problems go away, not try to get you to prosper me. No, when it shifts and you make important to you what's important to God, he makes important to him what's important to you. Come on, somebody put a yes and amen on that. So that's how you grow in the knowledge of God's promises. You don't just say yes and amen, man, according to 2 Corinthians, the first chapter and the 20th verse. But watch this. You begin to live a life of yes and amen. You begin to live a life that pleases God. You begin to value what God values. You begin to cause your heart to beat for what God's heart beats for. And that's what David showed. He was a man after God's own heart. Why did God say that? Why did God say that about David? That you're a man after my own heart because he said yes to amen to God. It was in his heart in 2 Samuel. Go read it yourself, the seventh chapter, the whole chapter. It was in his heart to build God a house. God said, I didn't ask you to build me a house, but because it's in your heart to build me a house, wow, David, I'm gonna take care of your house forever. So what's important for you to understand is you grow. Listen, when a child is a child, I mean, when a baby's crawling, when a baby has to have his diaper changed, I mean... I got, I got just, I'm, I'm talking about y'all, come on, right around the corner, I've got two grandbabies coming. So my wife has already told me, Pastor Press has already told me, just know, like for a few weeks, and really probably for about a month, I'm going to be focused on helping take care of those babies and help their mamas, help, help Courtney, who I call C-Love, and help Keela, who I call my Daisy. She's going to be helping them as they have these babies. What's she going to be helping them do? Make sure the baby's fed. She is Peppa's precious grandma. By the way, she's called Peppa's because Layla started that because she couldn't say precious when she was little. So it was so precious. She'd say Peppa's. So now Pastor Sheila is not just precious as a grandmother name, but she's Peppa's precious because of Layla. So all the grandbabies call her Peppa's first. And then her first name's Peppa's because Layla couldn't say precious. And then they call Peppa's precious. Like, it's like I'm Papa Gorilla. I just think that's so cute. I'll never forget that. I love that. Thank you, Layla. But, but listen, here's what I want to tell you. I'm so glad that my son at 32, I'm not having to change his diaper. He didn't walk in the room and go, hey, uh, Dad, I uh, got a dirty diaper. Okay. You need to go change your diaper. Hopefully he's not wearing diapers, but he might be. I don't know. <laughs> but the truth is, think about it. We, we grow, we grow in our, what's this now? Dependence on God, but God wants you to be independently, listen now, dependent on him. So God wants you to have a certain independence. He wants you to be able to take care of yourself. He wants you to grow in your knowledge that he wants to give you rest and and, and part of the way he gives you rest is, is by helping you understand that it's a promise from him, but you got to make his house your focus in your house. you got to make church a focus. We are the church, watch this, but build your life, build your business, be a God first, kingdom first, seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, here's the promise. All these things, what things will be added unto you? Every promise that has your name on it from heaven. Somebody put a yes and amen on that, amen? So how do you get your promises? You get your promises by growing 
in the knowledge of the promises of God for you. And you get them for you and you get them for your family. And that's making God, his kingdom, and his house a priority so he can put his hand on your house. Second thing, the E is you've got to exercise your faith. You know, I work out, everybody knows that, everybody knows me knows that. And uh, if you don't know that, I'll tell you that. Because it's, it's, not, it's not something I do, it's a part of my life. It's a part of my daily, not routine, it's a part of my daily rhythm. So, so part of what I do is I sync up every morning. I sync up my spirit, soul, and body. It's the only time during the day when all three things are working together. I get on my exercise bike. I turn on worship music. I always get Sheila's permission to turn it very loud. And I don't just have a house speaker system, but I've got a giant sound system that I, that it, the upstairs in my house, that when I'm worshiping, I'm in God's presence. So I'm on my exercise bike. I'm working out physically. Watch this now. I'm causing my emotions, my feelings, my mind, my will, and my emotions to sync up and align with the Spirit of God as I worship Him. The Bible says, Revelation 4.11, for thou, created, uh, for thou hast created all things, and for your purpose, God, they were created. So you were put on the earth to worship God. How do you exercise your faith? I'm, I'm telling you, this is a way that I exercise my body, my spirit and my emotions for about a 20 to 30 minute period every day and I sync up so that I can sync, watch this, my attitude when I need to with the attitude of God. So I can be positive when I feel negative. So I can be honorable when I feel dishonorable. So I can be, so I can strive for excellence when I'm feeling like me, being mediocre. And yes, I don't feel like giving my best all the time. I don't feel like being my best all the time. I don't feel like seeing the best in other people all the time. But watch this, in other words, I, I, I practice that, I exercise that every day, that being my spirit, my soul, and my body, I'm exercising my faith because I'm growing in the knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. And just like a baby learns to walk and a, hopefully a child becomes a teenager that takes more responsibility and they become an adult and they become independently dependent upon God and they don't have to depend on you anymore and you're not still giving them a bottle when they're 21, it's a natural, supernatural correlation. Some of us have come to Christ and we have not grown. We're still on milk and God's trying to give us meat. We're, 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 we haven't allowed him to change us emotionally. He saved, our, he saved our soul, but we're not transformed. Your responsibility is to be transformed. God cannot transform you. He gives you the power because the same spirit that raised Jesus Christ from the dead dwells in you, your responsibility is to be transformed. How does that happen? The Bible says don't be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. You've got to own your own transformation. You've got to own your peace, okay? So it's so important. So how do you exercise your faith? You, first of all, receive God's promises by faith. A leadershipology that I wrote years ago, you have to believe it before you can see it and you have to see it before you can have it. Listen to that. So our faith is believing before we see it and then seeing it before we have it. And it's important that you understand that. That's part of exercising your faith. I receive the promises of God, so I believe. So that's the second thing. If you're going to exercise your faith, don't just receive God's promises, but believe and take action. So I've said this for 20 years. I want to say it again. Say it with me. It's on the screen. It's not in my notes, but it'll be on your screen. And here it is. 
Our job is to believe. God's job is to do the impossible. So I want you to get this picture. I've got, if I'm gonna exercise my faith, I have to believe. But God is not pleased by my belief. The Bible doesn't say without your belief that God is, God is pleased by your belief and without belief, it's impossible to please him. It says without faith, your faith, it's impossible to please God. You not only believing that his way is better than you by receiving the promises of God, but watch this, you daily, everybody say daily, taking action based on the promises that you believe. In other words, your every action, you can't see it. That's why we walk by faith and not by sight. You have to believe it so you can see it and you have to see it before you can have it. So I gotta say what I hear so I can see what I say. How does faith come? Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So I begin to speak those things that are not as though they were by the word of God. I begin to see it come to fruition before my, my life. And by the way, once I see it, baby, it's mine. It's mine. And so that's how businesses are birthed. That's how children are birthed. That's how dreams are birthed. That's how the future is birthed in your present. It's not because it's just gonna happen. Everything grows, but not everything grows better. It'll grow better if you grow better. You grow things from the inside out. Somebody put a yes and amen on that. So again, our job is to believe, dot, dot, dot. God's job is to do the impossible. But what happens in that dot, dot, dot? The bridge between our believing and God doing the impossible in whatever area of our life is us taking action. That's what pleases God. God's like, yes, you're taking a step towards me when you feel like taking two steps back. You're getting back up when you've been knocked down because my word says a good man gets knocked down seven times, but every time he gets up stronger, come on. So when I feel down and I choose to get back up, when I'm mad and I choose to praise God, when I feel ungrateful, but I choose to be grateful and everything give thanks for this is the will of God. It is an act of faith and I take my natural emotions, I take the natural way that I am, I take my natural defaults and guess what I do? Those things are forced by my spirit because I am led by the spirit of God to align, to sync up, to synchronize with the purposes and the promises of God and somebody say yes and amen. Otherwise, you're immature. Otherwise, you're not there yet. I can't do that. It's because you're not there yet. Again, just let me give you a picture. My son walked in, he's 32 and he's wearing a diaper and he tells me his diaper's dirty. At some point, I'm going to say, I ain't changing your diaper, son. You're 32 years old. Change your own diaper. And by the way, you shouldn't be wearing diapers. I know that sounds ridiculous, but that's how some people live spiritually. Year after year after year, they're still wearing diapers. They're still sucking on the nipple. They're still drinking milk. And God's saying, grow up. What caused you a problem back there shouldn't cause you a problem here. Why? Because I've given you great promises to overcome the normal by my great and precious promises so that when something bad happens, you got to know how precious the promise is because God is faithful. Come on. And his word is always true. And the Bible says his word has never failed. Ah, thank you, Lord. Exercise your faith. So the bridge between 
our job is to believe and God doing the impossible is us taking action. There's a part that we play. I've got to believe, but I've got to take action. And then that's what gives God something to work with. And then finally, patiently endure. Patiently endure. You exercise your faith by receiving God's promises. You exercise your faith by believing and taking action based on those promises. And you exercise your faith when you patiently endure. Here's what Hebrews 6, verse 11 through 15 says in the New Living Translation. Our great desire is that you will keep on loving others as long as life lasts. Now listen, that's a great desire, right? Why? In order to make certain, everybody say promises, in order to make certain that what you hope for will come true. Then you will not become spiritually dull and indifferent. Man, I've seen that happen in church. Instead, you will follow the example of those who are going to inherit God's promises because of their faith and endurance. We don't inherit God's promises because we're good people. We don't inherit God's promises because I believe in Jesus. We don't inherit God's promises because, um, you know, I do more right than I do wrong. I inherit God's promises, watch this, because I keep on loving people as long as life lasts. And it's because of my faith in God that I can have faith in people when they don't give me a reason to have faith in them. I, I choose, one of my leadershipologies is to see the best when the worst has been displayed. That's been quoted all over the world. People have picked up on that. It's like, you gotta see the best in people when the worst has been displayed. If you're married, you gotta keep doing that. If you have kids, you gotta keep doing that. If you have long-term friendships, which I do 30 plus years, we're approaching 40 years with one of my friends. For, 20 years, I mean, 15 years, you can't have long-term relationships if you don't keep seeing the best when the worst has been displayed. But it's because of your, it's because of your faith and your endurance. For example, there was God's promise to Abraham, the Bible goes on to say, since there was no one greater to swear by, God took an oath in his own name. And he said, I will certainly, I promise to bless you. I promise to multiply your descendants beyond number. Then Abraham waited, watch this, patiently, and he received what God had promised. I love that. I love that old church song. I've been waiting for a God like you to come into my life. I've been waiting for someone like you to make my dreams come alive. I've been waiting, patiently waiting for a God like you. And God says, keep on waiting, keep on enduring, keep on believing, keep on taking action. I've been waiting for a God like you. David said, I waited patiently on the Lord. He brought me out of a horrible pit, out of the miry clay, and he set my feet up on a rock. Watch this. And he put a new song, Arthur, in my heart, even praise unto my God. I waited patiently on the Lord. You know what wait there means? It means to get in step, like 
you were following Jesus in a dance. I waited. I got in step with God's purpose. I got in step with God's promise. I got in step, spirit, soul, and body with what God's kingdom was. I wasn't two-stepping it. I was double-stepping it, y'all. Come on, double-double. In other words, if double anointing, double portion, if the good things that God has for you are going to come into your life, you got to do what Abraham did, and you got to wait, and you got to be patient, and you got to endure. So if you're going to get the promises of God, you got to grow in your knowledge of the promises of God. You've got to exercise your faith. Only you can do that. Only I can exercise my body. I can't go, hey, Sheila, I don't feel like exercising today. Can you like exercise for me? No, that's for you. And so is your faith. It's yours. It's yours. Go get it. Go get it. Go get what God's got for you. Only you can get it. The last part of this message I want to leave you with is the T in get. And this is the simple part, but it's not so simple. Trust in God. Woo! Trust and obey, but there's no other way to be happy in Jesus than to trust and obey. Trust and obey, for there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, not a little bit of your heart. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean to your own understanding, but in all your ways, all your ways, things that you can control and things you can't control, in the virus, in the aftermath of the pandemic, in all your ways, acknowledge Him and He will direct your path. Trust in God. Hebrews 4.1 says like this, God's promise of entering his rest. Wow, back to rest. We talked about it last week. If you didn't see last week's message, this is part two. God's promise of entering into his rest. Wow, that's a promise. Stand so that we ought to tremble with fear that some of you might fail to experience it. Some of you aren't experiencing the rest of God. For this is the good news. Good news that God has prepared this rest, wow, has been announced to us just as it was to them. But it did them no good because they didn't share the faith of those who listened to God. Hey, would you share our faith with us? Would you, would you listen to God today so that you can enter into the rest that he has for you? So that he can take care of, of you for the rest of your life. If you'll rest in him, He will take care of the rest that you can't. For only we who believe can enter into this rest. As for others, God said, in my anger, I took an oath. They will never enter into a place of rest, even though this rest, this rest has been ready since he made the world. This rest has been ready since he made the world. Pretty amazing. So guys, go ahead and scroll up, please. Thank you. We know it is ready because the place in scriptures where it mentions, listen, 
His rest is ready as a promise for you because the place in scripture where it mentions the seventh day. Now everybody lean in a little bit. On the seventh day, God rested from all his work. But in the other passage, God said, they will never enter his rest. Hmm. So this is the word of God. So God's rest is there for people to enter. But those who first heard this good news failed to enter because they disobeyed God. Wow. It's very powerful. So here's what the Bible says. So there is a special rest still waiting for the people of God. Wow. Get ready, y'all. For all who've entered into God's rest have rested from their labors. You know, that's, hey, that was forced on us, wasn't it? Forced on 30 plus million people during this pandemic to rest from their labors. They can't work. A lot of people complain about work until they can't work. They complain about their job until they ain't got a job. This pandemic has forced us to rest from our labor, at least the way some of us knew it before. So watch this, for all of you have entered into God's rest, you've rested from your labors, just as God did after creating the world. So let us do our best to enter that rest. Would you just join me now? Would you just say, I wanna enter the rest of God? Come on, say that. I wanna enter the rest of God for the rest of my life. So God will take care of the rest of my life. But if we disobey God, as the children of Israel did, we will fail. For the word of God is alive and powerful, hallelujah. It is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword. It cuts between the soul and the spirit, between the joint and the marrow. It exposes our innermost thoughts and desires. Nothing in all creation is hidden from God. Y'all listen, this is the word of God. Everything is naked and exposed before his eyes. And he is the one to whom we are accountable. So then, since we have a great high priest who has entered heaven, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold firmly with both hands, one passage of scripture says, to what we believe. This high priest of ours understands our weaknesses, for he faced all the same testings that we do, yet he did not sin, he didn't miss the mark. So let us come boldly to the throne of our gracious God, there we will receive his mercy. God, I need your mercy today. Come on, would you just cry out to him today? God, I need your mercy. God, I need your mercy. His mercy is he doesn't give you what you do deserve. His grace is he gives you more than you do deserve. So God, we receive your mercy and we will find grace. So mercy happens first. He doesn't give us what we do deserve because he shed his blood. He took our sin. He took our sickness. He took our disease. He took our normal. He nailed it to the cross. Then we find grace, the power of God to do things God's way, to help us when we need it most. Woo! Wow. So let me leave you with this. Here's what you don't trust in. Any mindset that you have that is fear-based, don't trust it. Don't trust your insecurity. Don't trust your insecurity. Don't trust your fear. Don't trust your timidity. Don't move or not move because you're afraid. Don't trust that. God hadn't given you a spirit of fear, but of power and love and of a sound mind. I hadn't even said it during this whole time, but I'm just telling you, I think a lot of this coronavirus and this pandemic, and it's time to say it, is not only manufactured, and it was done evil by the works of the hands of man. I believe that 100%. I've waited to say it, but I believe it's manufactured. I believe it was meant 
to destroy our country. I believe that all the way. I don't think it was just some uncontrollable virus that just kind of just happened because some meat market or some person left China and went somewhere else and that was spread and then people came from Italy. No, no, no. I think it was manufactured, but it doesn't matter what I think. Here's what I'm telling you. My mindset during this season, my mindset after this season, and my mindset as long as I live will not be governed by a pedemologist. It won't be governed by economists. It won't be governed by who's in the White House. My mindset is governed by the word of the living God. And my mindset is God has not given me a spirit of fear, but listen, of power and love and of a sound mind. That's my mindset. That's my mindset. By the way, the reason we're not having live church right now is not because I'm afraid somebody's gonna get sick. I'm not afraid of that. Because here's the thing, I, I posted it. And maybe you guys can put it on an Instagram post that I posted earlier in May. That during this pandemic, since February 1st, Arthur, 787,000 people have died. But not from coronavirus. That's all the people that have died from February until now, and maybe more now. But when I posted it, only 48,000 had died from coronavirus. Think about that. 4% of the people in the world. And what are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of this virus. What are you afraid of? I'm not afraid of them, him, shim, her, that. Here's my point, you're gonna die of something. Live a full life, live with risk. Be wise. Our first talk when this pandemic started was faith and wisdom. Yes, be wise. So why aren't we meeting live as a church? Because I'm afraid somebody's going to get sick. No, because I don't want people in church wearing masks. I don't want separation in this building. When we come back to this church, we ain't having masks. We ain't going to be separated. We're going to worship the living God. That's what I'm telling you. That's why we're not having church right now. Because my idea of church is not people sitting in fear with a mask on. It's not people afraid. It's not people separated because they might get something. Guess what? 787,000 people died. 48,000 people died because of this virus. But a whole lot more people died. 96% of the people that died during February through the end of May did not die because of coronavirus. I'm not afraid of that. I'm not afraid of whatever plague the devil will bring. I'm not afraid of heart disease. I'm not afraid of whatever attacks me. Why? Because my mindset is my trust is in the Lord God Almighty. Somebody ought to be standing up in your house right now. Let's quit being afraid. Quit taking our cues from everybody else. Don't trust in the other people's opinions about the promises that are for you. What, what not to trust it? If, you, if you're gonna trust in God, then you can't trust your feelings. Do not trust your feelings. Do not trust your feelings. Your feelings aren't facts. They're based on your, your own emotional quotient. Just because you feel something's wrong, doesn't mean it's wrong. Just because you feel something's right, doesn't mean it's right. Just because you feel a certain way about somebody, doesn't mean that's the way it is. That's your feelings. Don't trust in the current season or situation or the circumstances that are in your life. And my encouragement to you is don't trust in your limited knowledge and in your limited experience. We trust God, listen now, 
I'm gonna t- Arthur, I'm talking to you, but they can't see you. But the bottom line is I'm talking to you up here because you're my wingman. And I'm going to tell you something. It is God's promise that we enter rest. And yet the devil does everything he can to make us restless. You know, when I can't sleep sometimes at night, it's because I'm restless. I'm worried about something. I'm thinking about something. Something's on my mind. God, it's a promise of God that we enter into his rest. So if God established a day of rest, then here's what the Bible is saying. In Hebrews 4 that we just read, some people never experience my rest. Why? Because they're not obedient. Here's what they're not obedient in. Listen very carefully. You got to trust and obey. Trust and obey. For there's no other way to be happy in Jesus but to trust and obey. You got to trust and obey. You don't just trust God, you obey God. And how do we obey God so we can enter into this rest that he has? We keep the Sabbath. When it's time to come back to church, I want you to be in the house of God. I don't want you to be at home watching anymore, ever. I'm just telling you. It's okay, we'll continue to stream, we'll continue. But listen, when it's time to come to the house of God after this thing is over, I want you to get your family, I want you to get yourself, and I want you to get into the house of God and let's keep the Sabbath and make it holy. Don't be running out doing something else and watching on a screen. Get focused on God, that's why we come to his house. So to keep it holy means to set aside a day that focuses on God and watch this. The Bible says, neglect not the assembling of yourselves together as some do. Why? Because God knows what happens when two people come into agreement and when they get together and there's, there's, there's agreement in worship to God, heaven comes down and glory fills the house. So listen, after this thing, no more. I don't feel like going to church on Sunday. We're just going to watch on, online today. Listen, I, I'm glad. I'm glad thousands of people have benefited from that. But I hope when this is over, you will get your rear and your family to the house of God. What a privilege together with God's people. And keep it not just real, but keep it holy. God, If God did it when he invented the world... When he created the world, he's saying, keep the Sabbath. And some people never enter rest because they're working on Sunday. They don't have a Sabbath and they're playing God because they're trying to, God said, no, one day I want you to rest from your labor, doing it your way. And by the way, God doesn't have a five-day work week, Arthur. I know people don't like to hear this, but he said, six days, do your deal on the seven-day rest. With God, it's not two days off, it's not four days off, it's not a 40-hour work week, it's not a 168-hour work week. God says, do whatever you need to do for six days to make hay while it's sun shining. But on the seventh day, that's my day. Keep it holy so you find rest. And then, so we, we find rest when we trust God. We get our promise of rest when we trust God by keeping the Sabbath holy and when we, when we honor God, who He in our lives provides us with everything and we cease again from our labor of doing things our way and we do life God's way. That's why we come to church, y'all. We don't go to work on Sunday. And if Saturday is your Sabbath, just have a Sabbath in seven days where that one day is not about your work, it's not about you making it happen, it's not about you grinding, hustling. No, 
One day it's God's. And he says, you'll enter into my rest and it'll bring a rhythm in your other six days. Jesus, thank you, Lord. Come on, we gotta get the promises of God. Everybody say yes and amen. Let me pray for you. Father, I thank you for every person that's watching, that's listening. Lord, there'll come a day when we get get to, capital letters, come into your house, gather together in your name and worship you collectively. Oh, what a day that will be. Not just when my Jesus I shall see, but oh, what a day that will be on this side of heaven when their faces I will see as we turn our face, as we turn our heart, as we turn our worship, as we turn our time, our talent, and our treasure to you, God. Some people never find the promise of rest because they're not focusing on what God says rest is about, keeping the Sabbath holy, trusting God with that day, just like Chick-fil-A does. Let me stop in my prayer for a second. Chick-fil-A is the one organization in the United States of America, the one fast food company that closes on Sunday at this time because of its founders. Do you know that Chick-fil-A is the number one franchise in America? Did you know that Chick-fil-A does more in six days, listen now, than all the other fast food companies combined? Oh, it's because everybody likes their chicken. Oh, it's because they like their fries. Hey, anybody can make chicken, anybody can make fries. But when you keep the Sabbath and you make it holy, what's God's destiny? You ain't just number one, but there is no second. God will make more happen for you in six days than you could ever make happen for yourself in one day. He just says, I want one day, make it holy. Cease from your rest. Woo, it's good. Now back to the prayer. Maybe you don't know the Lord. Maybe you're away from God. Maybe you haven't been keeping the Sabbath and making it holy. The Sabbath needs to be a day where you guard it, that means holy, you make it sacred. And you do what brings rest to you. That's going to a movie, I know it sounds crazy. Rest your soul. If that's being with your family, rest your soul. One thing for sure it means is being in the house of God. And today you're making your house the house of God, but someday we're gonna come back here, let's have a holy celebration. Right now, you might not be right with God. Pray this with me. Just say, Jesus, I need you. Forgive me for the mistakes that I've made. Help me to live my life according to your way and not mine. From this day forward, I give you my life. In Jesus' name. And if you listen, if you prayed that prayer, let somebody know right now. We have people live watching right now. I want to bless you out, but I also want to say to you, listen, the good news The promises of God are for you and they're yes and amen. Let's go get them. Let's grow in our knowledge of the promises. Let's exercise our faith and let's trust in God by putting him first and he will give us rest in Jesus' name. Amen. Let me bless you out. The Lord bless you and the Lord keep you. The Lord make his face to shine upon you. May you know that if God is for you, who can be against you? If God is on your side, whom shall you fear? May you be like a tree that's planted by rivers of living water, that your leaf will not wither. And whatsoever you do, I declare over your life in this year of transformation, in this year where we're gonna see a double portion, double anointing, 
I declare over your life double of every good thing in your life that your path is going to drip with abundance, that God is going to crown you with honor and glory this year. In this year, whatsoever you do, come on, say it with me. It shall prosper. I love you guys. Come on, invite somebody to church, your church in your house. Amen. God bless you. Thanks for listening. Make sure you subscribe to our channel on iTunes and YouTube. That way, you know when a new sermon has been uploaded. Also, if this message has impacted you and you want to contribute to help us reach more people, feel free to go to elevate.life forward slash give. We look forward to seeing you here next time.